fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It is a post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. Why? Because you've gotten all your mojo out of the way on a Monday. Now you know the trend. You know how this week's going to go, and we're going to have fun with it as well. Welcome into the show. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, welcome. We appreciate you. We love you to death. Your Millennial General reporting for duty today. Big show lined up. There are, it's one of those days again where we have multiple topics we're going to try and cram into a one-hour show. So we'll do the best that we can. As usual, bottom of the hour, we have David Kelly on. He's a contributor to The New American. We'll talk about the energy crisis. Have you seen your energy rates go up? Maybe your electricity, maybe your natural gas, maybe just your gas prices in general. They're starting to climb up again. Shouldn't you be proud and happy? You're contributing to the environment and saving the environment by purchasing less of those things, which is what the other side wants. (laughs) I guess that's the purpose here, right? Just price you out of it and then say that you're doing it for, uh, what does Vladimir Putin say? We're doing it for God's work. This time we're doing it for the Earth's work. We're saving the environment by not purchasing gas, not because we choose not to do so to where we can't go to work, but just because we're doing it for the environment or because they price us out of the market one way or the other. So we'll get to that here in just a bit. I'm torn on how I want to start the program today. We have some good news and then we have some bad news. And I don't know which one to start with today. Usually I go with the bad news first because bad news, get it out of the way, get done with it, and then we can move on. I'm going to try. Now, uh, if anybody listens to the other program that I'm on often, Mark Mark Walters, Armed American Radio, he always talks about how angry Mark's going to come out. And I don't like to use the same phrasing, so I'm not going to use uh, angry Andy, although it does kind of has a, has a ring to it. I'm not going to use that tone. I'm going to say the non-zen, um, non-focused Andy may, <laughs> may come out because there's some really stupid news out there today that's going to be our bad news. But I'm going to hold off on it for a second because I think it's going to lead in better if I start off this way on the platforms of the parties right now and some good news that we've come out with today in our latest and what's trending what's trending today yeah, i think we're gonna go this direction this is the way we're gonna go we're gonna start off with some good news today as we're seeing the democrat party crumble before our eyes as the latest individual has officially stepped away from the party which it's about daggone time that she's done it but we applaud her and i welcome her with open arms into the republican party if she chooses to join the republican party Don't know if she's going to or not, but she has at least officially announced that she is leaving the Democrats. And I say that it's way past due and it's really exciting to see. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, 
who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. Wow. That was former Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard from Hawaii, and she is 100% right on the money, and I congratulate you, Tulsi. We're going to play that again in just a second, but there's a lot of things to take away from this. First off, she hasn't been really in step in line with the Democrat Party for a while, so it really wasn't unexpected for her to leave the party. It's good that she did leave the party, but I'm more surprised at the timing of it. She's doing this at a time weeks away from a midterm election where it's almost planned out to try and sabotage the Democrats and get a few of those to walk away from the party. Uh, now, again, I don't know how much of a following she has within the Republican Party. She went on Joe Rogan's podcast. She's been on Fox News quite a bit. She's already kind of been ostracized from the Democrat Party for a while. So I don't know how much is this, this is going to do to the constituents and the registered voting Democrats out there. Maybe not a whole lot, but it is a sign and while she ran for president a few years back and she was gaining anywhere between 3 to 5% in the polls for the presidential run, that means that there's roughly a 3 to 5% of the Democrat Party that still has a level head on their shoulders. Obviously not enough to make a loud impact in the Democrat Party overall, but still enough to be maybe substantial. Maybe substantial. Some of the old school Democrats, where they're not about the crazy wokeness, they're not about the crazy socialism isk. They're not about the crazy... Um, as she mentioned, militarizing the uh, law enforcement of this nation to go after political opponents. I mean, she's talking about crazy MAGA talking points right there, right? If you're talking about the FBI and the raids on Mar-a-Lago, if you're talking about the investigations on Republicans in the January 6th committee, if you're talking about those types of things and weaponizing our law enforcement agencies nationally to go after political opponents, you're literally talking, according to Democrats here, you're talking crazy, man. I mean, you're on the fringe, you are wackadoodle because you just need to get along with whatever they're doing, regardless of how they completely ignore the laws and they use the laws against their political opponents, which is very obvious. But the fact that she's mentioning that means that she's on the fringe, according to Democrats. She's also the one that was on a political debate stage running for president and calling Hillary Clinton a warmonger. She was also the one up there talking and going after Kamala Harris for being a race baiter. She is, she's not afraid to say what she means and, say, and mean what she says. And her actions are speaking to back up her words. And I applaud you and I say welcome, if you choose, welcome to the Republican Party. Now, do we have things we disagree on with Tulsi Gabbard? Absolutely. So I don't want all the Republicans to be out there. Be like, Wait a second, Andy. you're trying to purify the party and get rid of rhinos, and then you're welcoming Tulsi Gabbard in there? Yes, I am. And there are obvious things that we disagree on with Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard still supports universal basic income. Tulsi Gabbard still, to some degree, at least the last that I had heard, still supports some socialist programs with universal health care and those sorts of things, which I will vehemently disagree with with her. However... Even with those issues, 
She agrees in closing the border. She agrees in national defense because being in the military, she understands the strength of the military and what it needs and what it matters to us. She agrees with actually pulling out of certain parts of the world and not starting and engaging in conflict. She agrees with, to some degree, economic policy of actually having a balanced budget and not just crazy whims of spending. And she agrees with us vehemently about how crazy they are on the social issues not about LGBTQ issues or supporting or not supporting gay rights or whatever, but supporting the fighting against the woke industry, fighting against the identity politics, fighting against the race baiting that the Democrats do. She's with us 80% of the way. And right now we have more moderate Democrat liberal Republicans than what Tulsi Gabbard is. So I say absolutely bring her on and welcome into the Republican Party, and uh, that's awesome. It's about time, and the timing of it is absolutely perfect for the Democrats to start crumbling. And if she can take away 1% to 2% of those registered voters on top of the ones that have already left, on top of the minorities that are already leaving the Democrat Party, on top of the ones that are already upset with the way the party's going and how things are with the current state of affairs, if she can just be the icing on the top here, is this the Republican October surprise with Tulsi Gabbard throwing in the hat for the Republican, uh, throwing in the hat for the Republicans, leaving the Democrats and being able to bring a few of the registered voters nationwide with her as well. I say that is absolutely freaking awesome, and I'm really excited about that. So well done, and we appreciate that. I've been a fan of Tulsi Gabbard at least for some of her policies in a long for a long time, especially how she's gone after some of the establishment Democrats right now. On the other front, while she is semi. Uh, Now, here's the thing. I don't think she likes Donald Trump, which is okay. That's cool. Not every Republican has to like Donald Trump. It's not a one-person party. That's not what it's about. But she's not part of the crazy bandwagon of he's the most evil, horrible human being on the face of the earth. Because there is, while the mounting fear looms within the Democrat Party and the Democrat ranks in the mainstream media, just imagine the, the mainstream media that spent their entire time demonizing Donald Trump they're already anticipating what they would have to do if he throws his hat into the ring to run for president again. If he continues to be the leader of the Republican Party again, there's an article out from the Washington Post that was shared by MSN.com. And here's the headline for you. And I think it's hilarious because they're already anticipating this, meaning they see this as a plausible option. So they have to brace themselves mentally. You know, you get you go, you go to the gym. You're about ready to break your record. You're about ready to do a really, really heavy set. You have to psych yourself out, right? You got to do a few deep breaths. You got to get into your mindset. I can do this. I can do this. It's going to be great. We're going to pump it. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's what the Democrats right now in the mainstream media is doing, preparing themselves for the anticipation of Donald Trump becoming president again. And we're only two years out from the presidential race. The headline from MSN.com today, what will happen to America if Trump wins again? Experts helped us game it out oh yes they're already prepared now this is in lieu of a tulsi gabbard and the moderate democrats walking away from the party the democrat party has officially lost the last little bit of moderateism centristism that they've had they are now the party of socialism there's no one holding them back There's no other, I mean, Tulsi hung in there for a long time trying to tell, even on Fox News, saying that she stuck in as a Democrat, trying to change the Democrat Party to bring it back to its roots of common decency and centristism, which it never really was. But, you know, I applaud her for trying. And she's finally left that. One of the last few rational voices of that party has officially left. 
The Democrat Party now is the party of socialism, is the party of radicalism, is the party of violent extremism, is the party of wokeism, and I don't use that term woke in a positive sense as they try to do so. There's a good connotation actually of woke, but it's not in representation of what the Democrat Party's done. What will happen to America if Trump wins again? I guess I should hold off on actually reading these bullet points too, because we got to take a break in like 45 seconds. So I'm going to tease you with this. While the party now on the other side of the aisle has become radically more extreme just by the number of proportions and odds, the number of statistics they had that holdout, that low number of radicalism that was in their party, that's gone away now. That low number completely erases it in their medium. Average radicalness has bumped up quite dramatically now. Uh, with that party going on, what's the Republican Party look like? It almost looks like the party of rationale. And with how maniac they are, the crazy town that the mainstream media is, with them psyching themselves out, taking the deep breaths, brainwashing themselves that they can handle another Trump presidency in a couple of years, and a red wave coming in in just a couple of weeks right now, they're already trying to scare you, the voter, the American people, on what will happen if Trump actually gets back into office again. So when we come back, we're going to read part of this article from the Washington Post, reshared by MSN.com. What will happen to America if Trump wins again? We weigh in with experts, and they help us game it out. They have to set their game plan two years in advance because that's how scared they actually are. And I think that's a sign of what's coming up for November this year as well. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Plus, I still have my, um, I guess, angry Andy story that we'll get to here in just a little bit as well. That's going to be an ongoing conversation. It's The Voice Reason. It's a post-Monday celebration. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Boy, we have some good stuff going on. We have some good momentum brewing across the nation, and I am excited about it. I was hesitant. I was scared. I was nervous for a little bit, but we did not waver. We did not falter. We did not back off because guess what? When things get a little wary, that's when we step up our game. So you know what? Maybe we need that. Got to keep ourselves on our toes a little bit, right? <laughs> Can't have it too easy. Can't just walk through the election. We got to have a little bit of a challenge. So I am excited about the momentum we have going and the fact that Democrats are crumbling on their own. They pushed the envelope just a little bit too far, and now they're seeing the repercussions of that. Now, the big question is, will they actually learn from their lessons or not? Probably not. Probably not, because, well, that's just what they like to do. They like to push the envelope and just not care. So while they are in a bit of a tizzy, a little bit of a panic mode. The question is, how are they going to try and demonize Republicans? Oh, and sure, they're trying. MSN tried to share a story from the Washington Post. What will happen if America? What will happen to America if Trump wins again? Experts helped us game it out. Imagine it's January 20th of 2025, inauguration day. The president-elect raises his right hand and begins to recite the oath. I Donald J. Trump do solemnly swear. And I'm telling you, I'm here to say for Democrats, that is like the biggest in the entire world. They would lose their minds. You want to see what happened with the streets just going crazy before the Antifa, the Black Lives Matter, the riots and the violence that went and happened? That would happen all over again. 
and they even admit it. Here's what they have to say. Phase one, Trump seizes control of the federal government. It installs the lo- the super loyalists into the government. Now, I'm not going to read all of these because they're ridiculous, but among them, the first thing you would do within the initial hours of the presidency would be to fire the FBI director and purge the FBI. He would also put on all his loyalists into the different agencies to ensure full control of the power of government. Number two, he governs without the Senate's advice or consent. Democrats hope to retain control of the Senate in 2022 midterm elections, but even if they do, a Trump victory in 2024 presupposes that he would have strong cocktails to sweep in in down-ballot candidates, and a Trumpified Senate could reasonably be expected to approve his nominees for top jobs in his administration. Still waiting for the bad part of this. <laughs> but they're making him to look like some type of king here for a second. This is coming after, by the way, the mainstream media is still in their mindset of, you know, Queen Elizabeth passing and King whatever his face is. Is it Charles? King Charles? I don't care. Again, I bow to no king. I don't care what the king is. But the new king's going to be sworn apparently in the spring of next year. Their mindset is still in monarchy mode, thinking Donald Trump is going to be the next one. Number three, he creates a MAGA civil service. Installing the loyalists at the top of the government won't be enough. As for populating the ranks and files with those who echoed the former president's slogan of Make America Great Again, Trump tipped his hand near the end of his term when he signed an executive order designed to strip as many as tens of thousands of federal employees of their civil service protections, meaning their government-protected jobs. And they talk about how bad it is for Donald Trump to actually say that, hey, if you're not doing your job and if you're not actually showing up to work and being efficient in your job, you're not going to have protections as a civil servant and as a federal government employee. Sorry. Phase two. Trump deploys the military aggressively at home while retreating abroad. Oh, no. He's going to focus on issues in the home state and not start new wars abroad. Guess American global leadership is finished. Much to Putin's delight. <laughs> that was my funniest one. America's global leadership is done. Much to Putin's delight because we're, we have such great leadership right now under the Biden administration. Oh, it goes on. Intelligence work is harmed. Political violence, democratic collapse. It's all possible as violence ensues the streets because people despise Donald Trump. Not because they're fighting against him, but because he's the one antagonizing it. Yeah. I'm sure this is the fear-based politics we get to look forward to for the next two years. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets radio, you're listening to the Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. All right, you are. Welcome back into the program on the home stretch here. Last half hour. Golly, goes by way too fast. There's so much more we have to talk about. We need like a four-hour program here, I swear. This headline, this story from MSN.com written by the Washington Post, absolutely hilarious of what we could expect if Donald Trump gets the presidency again. Oh, my. We'll break some more of that down here in just a little bit. But the fear tactics have already begun, and I think it's because of the self-implosion we're seeing from the Democrats going into midterm elections already. The Republicans are gaining momentum again. We had it at the beginning of the year. We lost it, I think, during the summertime, and now we're regaining that momentum, which is good news. We just have to find a way to maintain it. No more bad October surprises. 
But I think the October surprise of the big day today was, of course, Tulsi Gabbard. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who were driven <laughs> by cowardly wokeness. I mean, I don't know how much you can say about that. That's uh, that's a bold statement. That's after she had called Hillary Clinton a warmonger, after she called Kamala Harris a race baiter. So, I mean, congrats to Tulsi. You are welcome to the Republican side if that's what you choose to do. Now, obviously, we still have things that we disagree on, but... You know what? The Republican Party umbrella is wide enough already. Why the hell not? Let's bring it in. Let's do our What's Trending story of the day. What's Trending Today. And excited to have this guy on the program as first time here on The Voice of Reason on all of our radio stations and our live streaming, podcasting, all our great stuff that you can find on the interweb. He is a contributor to The New American at thenewamerican.com. Mr. David Kelly. David, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Andy. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, I'm excited to... Uh, to just just hear the news that you just went over there, especially with Tulsi. I uh, I I don't know what to say other than welcome to the experiment, well, the great American experiment, the great American experiment. I I I love the fact that she left. Now she's been kind of ostracized from the Democrat Party for a while. She has. I mean, just the fact that she's gone on Tucker Carlson and been on Fox News for the last few months shows how much the Democrat Party absolutely hates her. The greater question is the timing of this going into election season. Is this going to bring over any other moderate Democrats out of the party as well, and and just be the uh, the the straw that breaks the camel's back essentially for Democrats? You know that's a great question, and I I would hope that some of those moderate Democrats are probably saying to themselves, maybe I should join and run now because the rats are leaving the ship, the ship is sinking, and I think come November eighth we're going to see hopefully a great change, and if anything, stagnation in the White House. That is very true. That is very true. The Democrat Party now has lost its last, quote-unquote, common sense voice. And again, I don't agree with everything Tulsi says. She still has some very... I think progressive ideals uh, that that we can spar about, but she's a she's one that you can have a conversation with and agree to disagree with and still be able to get along on a lot of issues. But she was that reasonable voice in the party. Now that she's gone, I think the Democrat Party is now officially the Socialist Party of America. I, I would agree with that, and I think she did a great job burning that bridge. Albeit she's from Hawaii, <laughs> but still, um, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they handle the fallout on this one it really is now the other story that i read i want to get your thoughts on before we move in into this energy issue here was there was a piece i don't know if you saw it or not out of the washington post and msn shared it what will happen to america if trump wins again and they take uh, they take the trump agenda to an entirely new level where their vision of him being this crazy nazi dictatorial leader has taken it to a new level of Trump seizing control of the government, putting in all of his quote-unquote loyalists in, getting rid of all these federal workers, and then militarizing um, the, the power of the military against our own people as opposed to trying to start foreign wars. They go on this entire tirade of how we're apparently just going to live in this dictatorial nation if Trump ends up winning again. I sense desperation going into election season. I, I do too. It's almost a, a page out of 1984 that, <laughs> uh, that they wrote. Um, I did not see that article, but I, I sense just from what you shared that uh, they're panicked and Trump is the enemy. Um, and you know, I, I for one, I see the you know even the Republican Party is divided over Trump. So I'm uncertain of of why they would want to even go out there and attack him, other than he's just a, a fun target. 
Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense when he's not on the ballot this election. They should be focused on what's going on now. But I think their message is as well, Donald Trump still is kind of the voice of the Republicans, and we need to knock him down, meaning all of his endorsed candidates into the general election as well. Yeah, that's 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 interesting that you, you say that, because for me, I keep seeing, you know, and hearing DeSantis, DeSantis, DeSantis. And, and I'm really curious as to why they haven't really been attacking him too much, uh, DeSantis himself, and still focusing on Trump. But as, as you said, Andy, Trump seems to be that, that point of contact and probably, the, in their eyes, the strongest candidate for the 2024 election. Wow. Um, but if I could segue into the November 8th election, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to lose the Senate and potentially lose the House. And as I said, that's going to cause... Um, a lot of grief for the Democrats, and Biden will then be a lame duck president. Yeah, and that would be really nice to see. It's going to be hard to get anything done and move the needle our way a little bit, but at least we can, you know, at least stagnate a little bit and stop the Biden administration yeah. because they they haven't done anything. I mean, David, all they've done is executive order after executive order. They passed their infrastructure bill, which is a disaster because Pete Buttigieg still can't actually organize that one to get the money out to the states to do anything. And then we have this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which I don't know if you've noticed or not, but inflation hasn't really gone down since the passage of that bill. <laughs> no, no, no I, I did some research and wrote about that, the $800 billion plus um, pushing ourselves to, what is it, to over 30, almost $31 trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Of, of the national debt. I mean, I mean, Biden could be proud of the destruction that he is he's wreaked upon uh, the nation with some of those things. Uh, it's it's amazing to me. The uh, the student loan debacle, which has got what eight lawsuits against him for using his executive order pen versus using Congress. It, it just it, it doesn't shock me. It's just it's it's how they do business. It is how they do business. Now, this Inflation Reduction Act essentially was the Green New Deal version 3.0 because they've tried it so many times now, uh, which is causing, I think, what we're seeing now with not just inflation overall as a nation as it continues to peak over 9%, but it's also really their energy plan of demonizing coal and natural gas and oil. And by trying to promote this electricity, when we're seeing a shortage, I mean, we just came through a hot streak there in California where they said, hey, I know it's 102 outside, but you need to turn off your air conditioner because if you don't, then you're going to have blackouts. But by the way, you need to get an electric vehicle because that's going to be the future of, of the country. That right there, I think, shows the insanity of what we're up against here, isn't it? It, it is. It is truly insane. I mean, even where I live in, in the Rocky Mountain West here, uh, you know, the base of Pikes Peak, we've gone from coal to natural gas and under our own state mandates are forced to use, you know, clean energy for 20 percent of our production. And it's going to grow. And I sense um, where I'm at in Colorado, it's uh, California 2.0. I'm, I'm fearful of what it's going to turn into. But But as you mentioned, what they went through, I read an article yesterday saying that the state of California, a lot of Californians are still supportive of getting rid of gas-powered cars. And I'm, I'm shocked at that thought. How? How do they still defend the policy that they're suffering with right now? I mean, that's, that's delusional. It, it, it is. And when I read that, I was, my first thought was, who are they talking to? Are they talking to young college students? What you know that don't understand, or is this truly just people just saying this to to appease the government, get them off their back? Mm. 
I mean, I, I guess know. so. I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we have, I mean, if you're dealing with blackouts and they're willingly want to turn down their air conditioner, that's cool. But with the threat of a blackout, but then we need to charge your vehicle. Pretty soon I'm going to be scared that the charging of the electric vehicle is going to be just as expensive as trying to fill up your gas tank. I think it's actually more. I've seen some some places charge by the, the hour for electrical charge. And if you add X number of hours to get a full charge in your EV, um, it usually ends up costing more than a full tank of gas. Wow. So I don't know. Um, I, I think people are waking up. Um, they, they really are. And uh, with, with one of the articles, I think part of a conversation today on the national energy prices, um, we can, those high prices are truly caused by government, at least in my humble opinion. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We're talking with uh, David Kelly. You can find him online at thenewamerican.com and find all of his writings there. As we talk about energy right now, we I, I kind of chuckled at the statement from the Biden administration after Hurricane Ian because the first statement that he said was, hey, energy companies, please don't raise your gas prices just because you can't drill off of Florida. Um, are we in the mode anywhere of trying to compensate for not only just the hurricane that shut down uh, drilling there, but also for the lack of drilling that we're seeing nationwide right now and with the lack of buying from OPEC, is they're now cutting out their production as well? I, I think, you know, for, for me, um, and from what I've read and watched, um, the nation's going to be forced to going back to producing our own energy, our fossil fuels, if I can use that term. I know a lot of people don't like saying that, but we need that oil and gas, and, and we need to get back online and be self-sufficient. And I thought I saw something today that said the Biden administration is looking at becoming more of a producer of energy, which I, I had to laugh at a little bit this morning. Now, is that going to be by force, or is that going to be by, I mean, obviously the Biden administration is not going to do that, but do you think we can get that back on track after the midterms and Congress kind of forcing their hand? You know, I, I would hope so. You know, I, I, especially here in Colorado and the Mountain West, where you have a lot of um, drilling and fracking for you know natural gas, and you know Biden shut down all those leases and permits. And the word is they're allowing permits again, but they haven't opened up leases to public lands. And as you know, the West is, is the majority of the land that's not privately owned is public land. Sure, it, it's it's really frustrating. But I would hope that Congress, if it, if it does switch hands, will push the envelope and, and force Biden to, to sign legislation to get us back on track. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. We're talking with David Kelly of The New American. Hang on the line here. we got to take a hard break. When we come back, I want to continue this on what our future may look like with oil, natural gas, and some of the coal industry. Plus, can we get prices back on track with inflation just in general? We'll do that when we come back here on a post-Monday no celebration for The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. John Roger, our reason, common sense, rationale. We try to bring it all to the table for you every single day. Multiple radio stations all over the place. TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch, listen to the show. Welcome aboard. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand 
the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. And it's always great to have you along for the ride today. Right now, we're hanging out on the show today with the man himself, David Kelly, the new American, thenewamerican.com. You can see all his writings on there. Uh, David, I got to ask you, just kind of off a little bit yeah. here, and we mentioned it a little bit during the during the break when we first connected, but you're out in Colorado Springs, Pikes Peak. I love it. And as I've mentioned on the show many times before, you know, coming and hailing from Colorado, the chain I left right at the time shortly after all the marijuana legalization stuff and uh, the kind of the change in power because Colorado used to be a purple state and I loved it and uh, in the area I grew up in Park City, uh, Park County up in Bailey Colorado I was part of the, I started the Young Republicans Club in Park County is, is there still a voice for Republicans there because right now it seems like it's been kind of overridden by Californians <laughs> You know, uh, that that's a it's the truth. Um, <laughs> the state of Colorado is no longer as as purple as it was when you were here. Uh, even here in El Paso County, which is the county that at one time was the second largest Republican county in the nation, um, they're, they're suffering their own issues um, internally. But the Springs, Colorado, the whole is turning into California 2.0, in my humble opinion. Uh, since the marijuana legislation passed, um, as you could imagine, everywhere you go, you get to smell that lovely skunk wheat, if you <laughs> like it or not. Um, and, you know, for the longest time, I thought someone was hitting a skunk, but then I started figuring out what it really was. Yeah. And like everywhere else, um, it's bringing um, some some crime criminal element. Um, there's a lot of illegal growers that are moving here that can think they can get away with it, which has caused grief. And also homelessness, which is a nationwide issue, but it's even becoming an issue here in, in the Springs, which really is, is devastating to. I mean, I, I don't even go downtown anymore. It's, it's that bad for me. Wow. Unbelievable. It's so sad. It breaks my heart. I loved Colorado Springs for the couple of years that I lived out there. I would love to go and visit again, but you're right. I mean, I, look, Colorado could have done the marijuana thing so much better, and I'm not against the legalization of marijuana. Obviously, there's a purpose for it, but when they tried to yeah. tax it to the nth degree, it's still cheaper to get it back behind the shop, uh, the marijuana shop, and, and actually get it in the alley from the black market than it is to actually walk in there and spend the money there because Colorado got greedy and they taxed it way too much. Mm-hmm. They have, and 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 a, and a brief segue here in November. There is a mushroom ballot initiative <laughs> to legalize those magic mushrooms. I had heard that. Um, I didn't know if that was actually happening or not. That's interesting. It, it it is on the ballot, so a lot of people are like, "Is this going to really make the state go downhill? Are we going to attract more undesirables and more drug problems? Who knows what's going to happen to it?" But. Um, I stay here. I fight the good fight. I'm part of the liberty movement here. Um, I like to speak out, as you would say, the, the voice of reason. I love it. <laughs> and, and and just fight fight for the good. You that have we to. Can every day. Yeah, you have to. And kudos for you to, for doing it. I, like I said, I love Colorado. I would love to go back. But we left, I think, right at the right time before all the crazy actually took hold of that state. David, we got just about a minute or so left here, but I want to get your perspective, hopefully in an optimistic way moving forward, is can we get our inflation under control? Can we get our prices at the gas station back under control? Can we get our prices at the grocery store back under control? And uh, can we get our economy back under control again? Or are we in for the long haul here for a while? I hate saying it, but, um, you know, I came of age um, in the middle 70s and, you know, 25, 26% interest, what have you. Uh, It was just a horrible time. I sense we're going to be faced with that for at least the next year or so under the current administration. But what I do have hope for 
is that people are recognizing that government's involvement is what's caused most of this to happen. Mm-hmm. And we need to, to get out and expand our free markets and to promote economic growth as individuals. And to do that, we have to limit the size of government. So we got to vote these people out, and we just have to say no. Yeah. Uh, it, it's got to be hopefully a peaceful revolution. Tell them we've had enough. No more. That is the difficult time, and especially when you have more and more people that jump on the wagon with the government programs, with the social programs, with the government, thinking that uh, they need to do something and they rely on the government to solve everything. We're going in that opposite direction. But like you said, if we do it ourselves, we could turn this around pretty quickly. I love it. It is the I, new American. Yeah, I love it. It is the new American.com. Go check it out. Find all the writings. It's David Kelly. David, it's great to talk to you, my friend. Keep up the fight in Colorado. Yes. We love you. We've got to get you back on the show again soon. Thanks, Andy. Love to do that. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right, that does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. We are back at it for the next few days here, getting you set one day closer to election time. What's going to be some of those surprises that come up here in the next week or so? We are all over it here. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. Speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.